0: Playing slow, so we're playing through. Hosted by Bob Balou and Carl Mickelson. Brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. Good morning and welcome to another edition of PGA Championship Edition of Playing Through on the Horn presented by Horseshoe Bay Resort. We're pleased to have you with us. I am Carl Mickelson. We're excited for an hour of golf talk, especially on a major championship weekend. As we've been talking about for weeks, this is a big weekend for Bob Belou, so we're giving him the morning off. It's the week of the Under Belou Skies Charity Golf Classic, which Bob puts his heart and soul and time into. And we're just going to give him a little breather rest, but he's going to join us in the third segment of the program. But wanted to give a little bit of time uh, to our special guest, Tim Schmidt, the managing editor of Golf Week, as well as the USA Today Network uh, in Austinite. Uh, how many years in Austin tonight, Tim? I, I, I think you kind of snuck in under the wire and sort of built your empire, and now you're just kind of uh, a man about town here in Austin.
1: Exactly right. About 10 years, and we're wow. so thankful that we got here when we did because I don't think we could uh, afford to live where we live right now if that weren't the case. So, But, yes, it's just it's been great to see this city grow and uh, just a fantastic place. I will tell you, when I moved to Austin, it was for a job, that no longer needs me to be in Austin, and we're not leaving. So uh, that says a lot about how we feel about the community.
0: Well, that says a lot because you've been all over. I, I know you spent time in Arizona, and you've got some very deep ties up to the region where they're playing the, the uh, PGA Championship Championship this week. And you're on the ground there at Oak Hill Golf Club. And but you have a lot of ties to the that that region and, and Buffalo as well. Take us there and tell it tell us about. Your professional career, kind of how you got started and and your ties there, and why you're a Bills fan, all that sort of thing. What (laughs) put everything
1: together for it? You have to be born into that, right? At least you had to before Josh Allen came along. Uh, Yeah, I was born in Buffalo, uh, born and raised here in Buffalo. Had my first newspaper job um, at the Tanawanda News in Tanawanda, New York. And later became uh, the sports editor of the Niagara Falls Gazette, where I covered the Bills and the Sabres and actually the Porter Cup Golf Tournament, which was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of guys coming up through the ranks. Tiger and Phil were there. And, and a lot of prestige people. to that event. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great event. As a matter of fact, the years that I covered it, uh, Brian Herman won it once. Keith Mitchell won it once. So all guys were on tour now. So I got a taste of them as you know young guys and got to see them come up through the ranks. Left to go to Arizona, um, spent about 10 years there, worked at the Arizona Republic, and also in Flagstaff, Arizona, at a newspaper. And actually, my favorite moment from that was um, Tom Weisskopf opened a course at Forest Highland, which is in Flagstaff, and I happened to be there. Yeah, it's a gorgeous property, and I got to be there the day that it opened he walked us through it where we all got to play nine holes with them all the writers and media on hand and that was a blast so and now um i'm back in i've been in austin for about 10 years but being back here in western new york is just fun as soon as i saw this pop up that oak hill was was the host this year and knowing my role with golf week i was obviously eager to come back and already seen a group of friends and you know, get to get to just be part of the old vibe here, which is fun. I will also tell you, it's darn chilly after coming from Austin.
0: Well, there's no question. Yeah, it's it's a different climate. I I, I think Justin Thomas took took a little ribbing in the press room, claiming that it snowed three weeks ago, and he, he was he was swiftly corrected. But uh, definitely chillier than Austin, no question about that. Do you see that playing a factor into the event this week? Or I mean, obviously, these guys can play in all kinds of conditions, but. Uh, you, you're from the area, you know the climates, you know the lies, you know the roughs. Do, do, do you feel like weather will play a factor at all this week?
1: You know, I think by the weekend it should be warm enough. But I will tell you tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, when, when the first round comes to class, um, it's going to be tough for these guys to hit the ball like they normally do. So there might be some early round. Um, ramifications but I think once the tournament gets going once you get to the weekend it warms up into the 70s it's going to be a normal major of course it's western New York and it's May it's not August like when they they first gave this tournament to Oak Hill. so it, it's definitely conceivable that something pops up but I'd be expecting on Saturday and Sunday you're going to see decent weather and, and a great finish on a beautiful golf course Tim Schmidt,
0: managing editor of Golf Week. Uh, We're we're recording this early week with Tim. We took the opportunity to talk to him on the Wednesday before the balls go in the air on Thursday uh, to kind of get this segment down and get Tim's impressions of the field. But... Talk to us about golf in the area. I mean, here we've got firm lies, we've got a lot of oak trees, we've 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 got some some rise and fall, some elevation changes. What's golf like in that part of the country up there? And 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 what can what can we see from this golf course that's going to uh,
1: demand well, shot making from the the field? Sure, and it's a good point. Usually, for the most part, the northeast uh, the courses don't have as you know the elevation changes are typically great. Like, for example, winged foot and other places like that. I will okay. tell you, at Oak Hill, there is a decent amount of elevation change. Not not a ton, but um, there are elevated greens. This Donald Ross design really sure. pushes up those greens. So it's going to play. Um, it, it's going to take good iron play. We say that so many times. At manuals, right. But I really this one more than others. It's going to be really precise um, uh, iron play from somebody to pull this thing out. and well it's it's certainly not uh, bermuda rough and the, you know some of the fun stuff that we have in areas in Texas it's it's a thick thick rough obviously the PGA championship PGA of America has has built this up around in the fringes and just watching some of the guys today try to hit out of the fringe it's it's a uh, it's a healthy part of the season for sure where the grass is growing like uh, just like crazy right now so it's going to make for some very challenging conditions for sure again i think obviously hitting fairways, any major championship, that's, you know, half the battle or more than half the battle. But I think iron play, the way that this golf course is set up and with the conditions, the way that they are, long iron, mid irons, they're going to be the the determining factor to who comes out of this thing. Well,
0: there's no question. You mentioned solid iron play, but guys, even the best players are going to hit every greens. And there's high demand when you miss greens on, on a Donald Ross score, especially one that's, that's, been, that's been renovated and kind of brought back to the to the classic style, um, who do you like in terms of that? Guys who, who are who are tough, you know, kind of an unflappable, and have really good short games as well to kind of match that shot
1: making. It's a good question. You know, uh, it's it's funny. It's been a couple of years since Colin Morikawa his win at Hardick Park, and he's you know he's a big name, but he has not. You know, he's, he's watched Scotty Scheffler and others kind of surpass him in terms of consistency at the top of the leaderboard. But a guy like that with the game that he's got would be really ideal for a course like this. Um, can do a little of all of that. And he's a, he's a long hitter, but he's not the longest. But his iron play, uh, I think, will be uh, really imperative here. You know, being an Austin guy now for a decade, anytime Jordan is in the field, I know he's injured and his wrist is hurting. But, you know, the, the fun of watching Jordan is seeing him get out of difficult situations he's the master of that just like you said and um you're going to find some of those situations so if jordan's wrist holds up he would be someone who i'd love to see make a charge into the weekend just because of his creativity around greens like this would make it so fun to watch i've said this many times carl i probably said to you there is nothing as fun in sport and i've covered every sport in the book there's nothing as fun in sports as following Jordan Spieth on a Sunday. And if he's in contention at this championship, man, it would be a lot of fun to watch him make some shots around these greens. That's a great point. Jordan Spieth has
0: become one of those players. And you know, it's been a while since we've seen him uh, seize a major. But when he's in contention on Sunday, anything can happen. He can make putts from long range. He can recover shots. He'll he'll have a knack to put himself in this position where he has to have the recoverable shots. but also, the same as Arnold Palmer, Phil Mickelson, it's just fun to watch them in their process, the back yeah. and forth with the caddies, the visualizing shots that none of us can even see or fathom ourselves with our games. It's just, you know, it's it's unfortunate that there's the wrist injury or potential of it, uh, you know, but you you mentioned it. He, he's just one of the most fascinating guys to watch and one you just you want to see in contention.
1: And a piece of that, let's not kid ourselves, is the fact that you much like Phil back in the day, you don't know when that, you know, that that crazy hook's coming into play or when something that you just did not expect. When he gets into a comfortable lead is almost when he's destined to pull something going the wrong way. So it, it's there's that piece always in the back of our minds as fans of Jordan that you just never know. You really never know what's gonna come from this guy. And that's what makes it fascinating.
0: We talk a little bit about on this show the guys that really have something to prove, guys that really have put everything on their resume but a major Tim. The guy we, we can throw out names like Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finow. Is there anybody from that group or maybe even one that I've missed that you have a feeling about that that really could could come in and, and make this their own and 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 sort sort of sort of step, take that next
1: step in the, in their phase of building the legacy? Well, it's not the exact same part of the state by any means, but Cameron <laughs> Young grew up in the, the uh, lower uh, New York region down by the city in the lower um, river region. And to be honest, that golf course at Sleepy Hollow where his dad, the head pro, feels an awful lot like Oak Hill in terms of the the trees and some of the, the way the, the greens and grasses grow. Um, and he's a guy who, man, he has played so well over the last year to, this would be an emergence for sure to see right. him. Um, and, and it would line up to be honest. He's the kind of guy who has played in these types of conditions and, and certainly has the game to do it. So wouldn't be surprised. I, I would be surprised if he's another guy come Sunday that we're talking about in that mix.
0: I love that because he's also a guy that we've already seen play with a, a certain comfort level in majors. I mean, as young as he is, I, there just seems to be something completely polished and complete about Cameron Young's golf game that just tells us there's greatness coming. I mean, there's already greatness, you know, all throughout throughout his performance, but I you, it's hard not to fathom
1: bigger things for a player like that. I have a feeling that, you know, I, will he have a Shuffler-like run? I mean, what Scotty did – in the course of, you know, a year from the time he won in Phoenix and finally broke through the floodgates there to um, to now, it was just really amazing. But I don't know if he'll have that type of run, but you're going to see a Cameron Young run of a handful of wins during a tour season sometime in the very near future, because this guy's got game, he's got distance, he's got all the facets that you need, and like I said, these are the conditions that he knows best. So, yeah, it would line up for sure. wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. Now we're going to the next logical place, and that's the Dark Horses, Tim. The PGA Championship has that knack every once in a while, every third or fourth or fifth or sixth year. You get your Jimmy Walkers. You get your Jeff Sloomans. You get your Sean McKeels, your John Daly's. Uh in your gut, obviously I want to hold you to it. We're not putting money on the line, but is is this a chalk year where where, where we should be looking at the John Roms and the Scotty Schefflers, or is this just a goofy year where, 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 where we might get one of those out-of-the-blue names, somebody ranked beyond the top 100?
1: Well, it's, it's a goofy year just because we don't know what we're getting from live players and right. we don't know who are players. I mean, to see Brooks do what he did at the Masters, I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, I will tell you, and you'll appreciate this, Carl. I was on a panel with uh, with Vern Lundquist and Mark Brooks and Scotty Sayers and some other guys, and I said, you know what? I think Dustin Johnson, really, he's he's so he's so steady. He's going to play really well. I think he came in second last at the match. He basically <laughs> fell off the table. And, but, you know, like that's a guy who I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in yeah. this. He's obviously played well and recently to live. But if you're going dark horse, that's not a dark horse. Eh, I'd, I'd say I'd want to go young. I mean, if you think about, like, the way Colin Murakawa did it, um, what about, say, Nagala or someone oh. like that who, you know, that's deep in the pack, and yet I, I would absolutely not be surprised someone with his game, if they could stick around and make it fun with, a, with an experienced leaderboard, having a young guy like that, that would make for a really fun weekend. It really would. You know, it's interesting. I kind of want to get back into the reporting
0: side of it because, you know, we, we both have history in it and I'll, obviously you're managing a lot. The nature of the tour where we've got a little bit of a star system, we've got elevated events to, to try to motivate that, but we've got endless, endless new talent coming into the tour all the time. And then there's the disconnect with live. Talk about the juggling act to to, to edit and assign stories and, and cover <laughs> professional golf adequately and thoroughly these days when there's so much going on and the storylines just
1: seem to come out of nowhere week to week. You, you know, it's interesting because it's obviously even politicized. I mean, the way that the live Liv has sure. and- kind of gone back and forth. I say this wholeheartedly. I mean, my job as a journalist is not to favor, it's not to prefer, it's not to you know, I we do have a columnist. He does that, but in terms of news coverage, it's keeping it uh, as balanced as possible. But it, it, to your point, it feels like where we used to have lulls at times, there's no lull anymore. It's right. every day. It's a twenty four hour news cycle. Even outside of the major feels like something's happening all the time. And then yes, including the young talent coming up through the pipeline. We've got some great names in the game. Um, we've at Golf Week, we were, you know, traditionally known as a very strong uh, college and amateur site back in the day, and we've right. actually tried reinvest some money back into that because there that's also becoming again something that is you know people are asking the usam is as big as ever the augusta national women's amateur is a huge event now so it feels like the storylines just don't end i will also tell you it's a great time to be in golf media there's just so many fun storylines you you really don't know week to week what's going to happen whether it's you know, Craig Norman says something that we can't believe, or whether it's some amateur player comes, by you know, out of the woodwork and gets a huge win, or makes a big statement at the uh, at the show down in Houston. Watching Lilia Vu do what she did it was just such a fascinating story. After. You know, a year and a half ago, she was basically going to hang up her clubs. And here she is winning the first major of the LPGA season. So, yeah, it just feels like the storylines are everywhere. And it makes, it makes this a 24-7 job, but it also makes it a very fun job, for sure.
0: Well, there's no question about that. That's, that's very well put. Tell us about how you're managing coverage this week. I, I know you're there. I, I know I can probably expect expect to see some game stories from Adam Schuback. Tell, tell us about your batting lineup and, and how you're kind of kind of divvy up divvy up the the duties out there.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we do as part of the USA Today Network is really try to work with the network sites. So when when we're in Austin, you know, Kirk Bowles and Cedric Golden and those guys and I are meeting each day to talk about coverage. We'll do the same here. The Rochester Democrat Chronicle is a USA Today property, part of the Gannett. So Sal Moyerana, who is their lead writer, he actually covers the Buffalo Bills as well, but he's written multiple books on Oak Hill, and he's just a, a wealth of knowledge. And so someone we've talked to already multiple times, my guys have dipped into. So Sal will take the lead on most of the local coverage angles. But then we have Adam Shukbeck here. Eamon Lynch will say outlandish things after he gets off of Golf Channel each day, which is you fun. a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then David Dusik, our uh, equipment crew, who's also a mounted guy, is here as well, um, covering things. And speaking of Gannett folks, one of our guys, Tom D'Angelo, who works out of the Palm Beach Post, and he's really been one of the leaders in terms of covering live since Brooks Kepka's in Jupiter and Greg and Norman in the offices are down in Palm Beach. So he's here as well. So it's kind of fun. We've got all these different facets kind of covering the game and and we know, you know, they've each got an area of specialty and that's what makes a week like this really fun. And then, of course, like I said, for me actually being here, I covered the um, senior uh, PGA here in 2008. and actually, I have a fun story about that. I followed Greg Harmon that day. And on the back nine, uh, I actually walked with Chris Everett, who at the time, he was just dating, I believe. I don't think they were married. Right. But Chris and I uh, walked the last night holes on a Saturday during the third round. And she told me some great stories. She was very, very friendly. So this is a fun place for me to come back to, too, and hopefully add a little bit of knowledge from my few experiences out here as well.
0: This must feel like a home game for you in that sense. I mean, obviously it's your old stomping grounds, it's your old, your old kind of coverage territory. Uh, talk about, you know, the, the feeling and, and some of the things you're gonna get to do. Is there some local flavors? Is there a pizza place? Is there is you know, you able to catch up with some friends when you're when you're in that area? What, oh. What's the bonus stuff when you're not
1: when you're not in front of the keyboard? Well, it's funny you say that my dad's here today and I'll be out meeting with them in just a little while after I get off with you. Yeah. Josh Allen's here today or was here yesterday. and, Nobody. and <laughs> um, A bunch of other bills have been in and around the, the, the area, uh, Matt Barkley and Kyle Allen who are the backups to Josh Allen, both here. Kyle Allen started at AM, and m right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, right. That's right. And uh, you know, it, just getting to see family and friends yesterday. A buddy of mine from high school came out, uh, tonight, uh, or excuse me, tomorrow heading back to Buffalo for, uh, an evening after we get to get out of here from work. So it, there's a lot of fun stuff that comes with this. I will tell you it's again, it's Wednesday. We're taping this when I woke up and left the, uh, the hotel this morning, it was 32 degrees on May, whatever we're in here, 17th. Uh, I remembered why I moved to Austin Texas this morning Wow no it's just too late in the year <laughs> this hasn't been a brutal winter but it's
0: been a lingering winter for so many of our partners. you know that we work with Emma calling up in Pennsylvania and we've got you know kept my uh, boss partner is 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 up in Michigan and just when you think you can just break out the clubs and play two days in a row in, in those parts of the country it it just makes it really
1: tough so thirty two this morning that's it's still It's chilly. And, you know, I think about the last time I saw Bob, as a matter of fact, we were out at uh, Austin Country Club Media Day having a good time. We were talking about how, oh, it was chilly in the morning, you know, 60 as we took our (laughs) took off our pullovers on the back nine as it got up to 85. uh, And, you know, Walt and Jeff Barker and, and. uh, Bob and I all played together one day. And, you know and that these those days here are very rare. That's July and August if you're lucky. So it just makes you remember how how good we have it and what a nice temperate. Yes, we have hot summers, but we have a great temperate climate most of the year. We do have it really good, you know, and we have it good with you, Tim. I mean, obviously
0: the the USA Today Network means you. We get. What we were missing for a while in Austin, and that was consistent, good local golf coverage, which you're able to provide, and you do provide. So you've really become kind of a staple and a bedrock for for us, you know, as readers, as golf enthusiasts, as as our listeners out here, getting to to stay in touch with with the golf scene, and it's rich. I know we're a little bit golf poor in terms of how much, you know, we could, we could probably use another three three or four courses, but there's an ongoing as you said 24 7 news cycle of golf even here in the city which you're able to kind of share with with the audience
1: and, and it's funny i've got my safe uni hat on today but That's just right. knowing you know, the, the different uh, angles in Austin with uh, Ben and Scotty Sayers and others trying to kind of work on that mute project, but yet you've got, uh, you know, a number of tour players or former tour players who come through town and like to stay and LPGA players. You've got Sergio who's here part of the time. Through right. a of, uh, it's a really cool golf community to be part of. And it's been a lot of fun for me, you know, in the old days at, at, newspapers and you know this carl you know you'd have a full time golf writer and unfortunately local properties just don't have that any longer so it's been fun for me to come in and help pitch in the statesman does such a great job with a bunch of things but be able to help fill a little void that they have it's been a lot of fun for me
0: we're really fortunate tim uh, tim schmidt managing editor of golf week under the usa today umbrella the network of, of papers there doing a great job at the at the PGA championship there it Oak kill Tim. I got to put you on the spot. Who's your Who's your pick this week?
1: And that's, that's such a tough. We're one. recording this on Wednesday,
0: but by, by Saturday we'll have a better idea of who's in the mix. But um, I, who you got?
1: I, I'm going to go off the board here, and and it's it, this is totally without reason. I have been waiting for Terrell Hatton to win a big golf tournament forever. I just love this guy. We're both Liverpool football fans. I just think he's hysterical, but I also love his game. I Nothing about that lines up this week. Zero. I mean, he it, he hasn't been in top form. He has. This isn't necessarily a course that fits him perfectly. I just have that feeling he's going to break through at some point. This might be the week, and I'm hoping so.
0: I love that. You know, we we went down to Terrell Hatton Wormhole Bob and I last week, talking a little bit, a little teaser info on on the PGA Championship. He's a guy that could be T eleven, and then you go and get a glass of water and, and, and a bag of chips, and it's like, well, how is he? How is he T two? I mean, that was two commercial breaks ago. This guy can make birdies in bunches. You love a guy with fire in his belly, a guy that gets on himself. A little bit of that Jordan Spieth, but kind of just a little bit of different flavor. You don't always get that from the bridge. You don't always get, get the, the, the hot shit. No, I see him. Yeah.
1: Just to see him kind of the self-deprecating style and yet, you know, the the fire that he plays with, it's it's really something fun. But I will say this. I'm just looking forward to this tournament because of, you know, the, the – We've kind of settled in now to the season. It kind of, you know, the Masters is great. It kind of kicks us off. Of course, we lost the Dell, so now the season starts for us a little later, maybe in the future. But I really feel like we've settled in, and we're, you know, we're, this is like almost the the bid season, and we're really in that that sweet spot right now. So I'm just looking forward to hopefully a packed leaderboard come Sunday and another, let's say, a great tournament. What uh, in terms of weather? I hope. We're we've got our fingers crossed here.
0: Everything lines up. You've got a great setup and a great golf course and a lot of people at the top of their powers right now. Tim Schmidt, we've got to take a break, but I cannot thank you enough for being generous with your time in a busy week. Uh, Look for Tim Schmidt's work and his team's work in golf week. They're doing amazing work uh, in and out. Excellent read, diverse content, beautiful stuff. Uh, We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more about the PGA Championship, more about local golf. Thank you so much for listening to Playing Through on the Horn, presented by Horseshoe Bay Resort. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Playing Through on the Horn, presented by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Good to have you with us on this PGA Championship Saturday. You know, a couple of weeks ago when Bob was out, I had to give you some some tournaments, some Masters recaps. And one dude talking for twelve minutes is just weird. I was going to get through this, this fifteen minute segment solo. I could have done it, but it's just weird. So we got a special treat for you, longtime golf writer. It, it would take the whole segment to t- talk about everybody he's had a byline for. He, he's a decorated, award-winning journalist, still going at it, probably 30 years into the game, uh, newspaper man all the way back, past president of the Texas Golf Writers Association. Happy to welcome a, a fountain of knowledge, Mike Bailey. Well, good to have you with us, Mike. We're going to pre-tape a segment here, run, run it Saturday morning, but you're all, you've are you always got good golf talk, so, so let's knock it out, man. Good to have you.
2: Oh, thanks, Carl. Uh, you reminded me of some things I forgot about already. Newspapers, well, not,
0: you know. <laughs> you know, if you stay around in this thing long enough, yeah, you 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 get to that point where you do forget some of the things that seem like the glory years or or the grind years. Some some of these times, right?
2: Yeah, I, I can remember covering the Astros for a few years. Uh, doing some work for the AP and they didn't win any world series back then. That's for sure. But it was, that's very different. Yeah. We're living in
0: different times as Houston sports fans. One thing we share in common there. And one thing you reminded me of, I'm going to dig back into your resume some more. I remember your, was it your, it wasn't your super news days. It was PGA magazine where you lived in Michigan. I think of guys like you, when the PGA Championship has a frost delay, you wake up and it's it's 31 degrees and you've got to delay the golf tournament, one of the most anticipated golf tournaments, you know, USGA makes the brilliant move to move the PGA to May, but they leave the venues up in the Northeast Tell the people what it's like when, you, when, when you're when you ready to play golf. You've done everything. It should be the golf season, and winter just seems to want to linger like this. You live through it when you are in Michigan. So I, I think you can sense the frustration and, and the irony that's going on this week, right? Yeah, a little bit.
2: I mean, I, the, the two years I was in Michigan, I can remember playing in May, and the snow started coming down. So uh, it, you never know what you're going to get up there. Uh, I remember one year it seemed like we didn't hit summer till late June. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's quite different than living in Houston or Austin or Texas for that matter. Um, you know, it's definitely a lot shorter season, but, uh, yeah, moving the PGA, you know, when they, when they got the PGA, they thought they were going to be an August event. I'm talking about Oak Hill, of course. Uh, so when, when the PGA of America, uh, was able to slot that in as the second major of the year, you know, they didn't change any of the venues because those things are figured out so far in advance. So little, little bit of bad luck on their part, but looks like after uh, uh, after a Thursday that uh, I think they're going to be all right. Temperature wise, I don't think there's going to be any frost delays, but I think there's supposed to be some weather on the weekend. But uh,
0: yeah, you're you're a you're a fan of, of, of golf course design. Obviously, you, you you've covered the game from a, from a championship level. You've covered tour events. You've been to majors this is a, this is a restored Donald Ross course. You, you've got some some things that aren't quite like the little little subtle bumpy. there's some there's some deep cavernous fairway bunkers. There's some treachery around the greens. it It, it really is is shaping up to be a complete examination. When you went into this week, who did you feel like were, were your favorites? Who, who who did this course favor to you? I mean classic but kind of neoclassic and kind of tough all the way around.
2: Yeah, you got to look for guys that are long and accurate and have great short games. So, I've, I mean, to me right off the bat, uh, you know, Scotty Shuffler, who's <laughs> played as good as anybody uh, in the last year or so. I mean, he's, he's very long and he doesn't get rattled. That's the other thing. I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy that always seems calm out there and the moment's never too big. And, you know, he's very, very confident player. Um, and there's there's no weaknesses in his game, really. I mean, there's just not. So, and he's you know obviously contending this week. Uh, but the, the shocker to me was that I thought John Rom would be in the same category.
0: Um, right. you, know,
2: right, well, right you just control. pencil
0: that in. I mean, you could you could probably pin that in the way he's playing this year, right? And, and exactly probably a surprise all week, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. So. You know, there's really at, at least a dozen, maybe 20 guys, obviously, who could win this thing. Um, it, it is a very strong field. Uh, uh, I, I was a little surprised to see Bryson DeChambeau leading after the first round because he hasn't done anything really since his U.S. Open victory a couple of years ago. Uh, but, you know, maybe he's back. Who knows? He's, I know he's had some injuries and stuff. Uh, you know, when he when he won the U.S. Open, uh, I can't remember seeing a a player that long and accurate in a major championship. So obviously, he has that ability. Um, but you know, I'm mean, Kalimarcow came to came to mind for me. Very straight, great, great iron player. Which you know you need to be uh, for this tournament and, and terrific short game, pretty good putter. Um, you know, and, and one of my dark horses kind of was Tony Finau because he's a very good ball striker as well, and usually is pretty accurate. So, but. You know, there's so many guys. I mean, you can't count off Justin Thomas, Adam Scott's been playing well lately. Who
0: knows? For sure. What do you make of Jason Day's resurgent? That's I mean, that, that's it's good. one, it's heartwarming, it's cool to see, but how real do you think it is? Can he can can he be a factor, the the remaining three majors?
2: Yeah, that's that's interesting because going into this when he talked about how he was tired mm-hmm. and how he was trying to rest and prepare himself mentally, having just come off the, the victory in, in you know Dallas. And, um, you know, that first round showed that he was tired, maybe, and didn't have the focus and concentration. So I, I don't know what to think of Jason Day, but it has been, it has been fun to kind of watch him come back and, and play good again. Because, you know, a few years ago, this guy was as good as there was in the game.
0: Oh yeah, he, he was the yeah he was the kind of the John Rahm of the era, the guy that's like yeah he's going to contend in a major. I, I, I if we're looking at win play, show you, you you could you could probably pencil that dude in for you know a five year run there. You touched on Tony Finau, who do you feel has the most pressure from that group the 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 Shawfleis Cantlays guys that have done everything else on their resume, Mike, but haven't really shown us everything in the major. I mean, it's probably too young to put a Cameron young in that group, but of those guys who have, you know, you know, seven plus wins on tour and show up in majors, just haven't closed the deal. um, Who do you feel like needs to get it done sooner than later to, to kind of advance their careers along?
2: Yeah. Shoffley is the guy that I've been looking for in the last couple of years. I mean, he's been close on a number of occasions and, and he's, you know, he's got a solid all around game. He's long, he's a very, very good iron player and you're just waiting for him to put it together. So it wouldn't shock me if he comes through in a major at some point, seems like the masters he's been in contention several times and just kind of faded down the stretch. Uh, So that's, that's kind of my guy that I've been looking at lately. Um, You know, Finau as well. Uh, Right. For sure. Uh, He's, you know these these are all players with very solid all around games. They just need to have a great week, um, right? You know, and and nobody PGA, would be
0: surprised. And the PGA can have its weirdness, just like the Open Championship, and just like the you know every you know dozen or tenth Masters. You you, you get you get your Jeff Slumans, you get your Jimmy Walkers. You know nothing against those players, but you get the guys the Sean McKeels. It's like what the heck, right? So, you never know when that year's lurking in a PGA. You know, you know. We could throw Beamer and and Mark Brooks into that a little. Although Mark Brooks is having a hell of a year that year, as I recall in nineteen ninety six. So again, there's no outliers. There's no guys that don't deserve to be there. But sometimes, sometimes they do kind of fall from the planetary system sometimes and win the, win a, win a tournament like this.
2: Yeah, how how cool would it be to see a club pro win
0: this thing? It's that awful. would be the ultimate, right? I mean, that would be the movie. That would be the movie script, right? right.
2: Right, that would be uh, – and I can't remember his name, but I know going to the second round there was there was a, a club pro that was just a shot off the lead. Uh, so usually those guys will fade, but uh, but who knows? Maybe it will happen someday. Um,
0: well, you know, it, the level of play gets better and better. I mean, we, we, we get to see Ben Kern here play in Austin all the time, and he's in the field this week. So it's just – you just never know how close these guys can get. And the thing you hear time and time again – is when they play with with tour players, you know, top level tour players. The, the, they look at these guys and go, "How come you're not out here every week? You got right. everything. You got every tool you need to be out here, you know." Well, we all we all know that it's a fine line. It's <laughs> such a fine line. Yeah, it, it really it, is. Yeah, because
2: I've I've said for years, I think the uh, I think the play on the Corn Fairy Tour is as good or better than it was on the PGA Tour thirty years ago.
0: Oh yeah. And they're coming, you know, it's funny. Bob and I talk about the guys in the field. There's, there's a new name every week. I, I, I think the collegiate system is better and it, it goes all the way back to junior golf, but I love how they set up corn fairy courses for, for birdie binging. And you've really got to go deep and you got to be, te- you build so much you know, scar tissue and, you know, muscle. Once, once, if you can win on the corn fairy tour, you're ready. I mean, if you win multiple times on the corn fairy tour, you're probably ready to come on the PGA tour. So it, it's hard to argue errors anymore, but I, I think as far as depth, there isn't any question that that this is the best depth the professional golf world has ever seen.
2: Well, yeah, you you, you think about it, the way that you qualify for the PGA tour now versus the way that you used to, uh, you're not qualifying for the PGA tour anymore. You're qualifying for the corn fairy tour. Then you got to prove yourself on a tour right. before you get to go to the PGA tour, unless you figure out another way to qualify you know, with a sponsor's exemption, then you win a tournament or something of that nature. But you know, these guys really have to, to prove themselves before they get on the PGA Tour. So there's no, it's it's not go to go to qualifying school and have a magical two or three weeks and and then and then get on the tour anymore. It's you know, you're getting on the Corn Ferry Tour, then you got to play your way to the PGA Tour, and that that's a big difference. And I think you're right. I think you go back to the college game. I feel like when I'm watching college tournaments, that I'm watching tour level tournaments. I mean, these kids are really, really
0: good. They're stars. Yeah. I've been going to some top 100 junior camps through, through one of our clients and it's, it's, it's just amazing the the level of play that's jumped up. And I, I I think I won the 1985 or 1991, 19 five, a district tournament in Houston with an 83 Mike, but they're not doing that anymore. It's more likely to be 63 these days. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's incredible. (laughs) Uh, Crazy stuff. Well, we need to have you back on. We have a longer segment. You've got some swing thoughts you're going to share with us. We we got to talk about your round at Augusta national running out of time in this segment, but you, but you covered the masters this year. You got to play the tournament or not, not play the tournament, but you played the golf course the day after the tournament. Uh, So there's a lot more we need to have you back on and talk about, but we definitely appreciate you taking the time, Mike, to sit with us and, and just, Kind of share the enjoyment and the excitement for the PGA championship. Because you touched on one thing. We got the live guys back. Majors just have a, a different ring this year because there's so much unknown. There, there's the unknown faces. Like you said, there's the club pros. Then we don't know what the heck we're getting out of these live guys. So there's just so much more to talk about.
2: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it's uh, it's whatever your feelings are on live tour, live guys. Um, you know, seeing those full fields in the majors is, 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 a, is a cut above just watching a regular PGA tour event. That's for sure.
0: No doubt. Mike Bailey, golf writer, too many, again, too many bylines to mention, but yeah, where, where, where can we see your stuff, Mike? Cause you're, 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 you're knowledgeable. You're, you're a pro. Tell us, tell it, tell, tell the listeners where they can find your work. Well, I've been doing a lot of work for
2: on the links magazine in Texas, as well as Arizona and, and Las Vegas now I should say, and uh, do a lot of product reviews and product stories for Golf Monthly out of the UK. That's who I covered the Masters for, so uh, getting a lot of work with them, and then uh, got some various other projects that are going on right now.
0: International golf writer Mike Bailey's been with us. but It's been a blast. Let's do it again when we have more time. When we come back, Bob Ballou joins us. In the afterglow of of all the money they raised, they topped the million-dollar mark career earnings for the the Under-Balou Skies Tournament. Bob's going to talk some PGA Championship. We're going to punch through the leaderboard. Talk about that. Thanks for listening to Playing Through on the Horn presented by Horseshoe Bay Resort. We will be right back. Welcome back to playing through on the horn presented by Horseshoe Bay Resort. We had a great first segment. Tim Schmidt and Mike Bailey were kind enough to join us in the first two segments to prime the PGA and talk a little bit of the PGA tour at large and everything else going on in the world of uh, golf and golf media, which was a lot of fun. But as promised, we've got Bob Baloo back triumphantly from under Baloo skies 2023. We want to hear all about it. We want to hear about fundraising. We want to hear about good times and everything that took place at the uh, 2023 Under Blue Skies tournament benefiting ALS.
2: Hey,
3: Carl, thank you for uh, for being patient with me. Listen, I am uh, I'm overwhelmed again. I've got a lot to get into, but I, I have to make one quick point about the PGA Championship. Uh, just as a reminder that, for those of you that didn't know that Scotty Scheffler was going to win this tournament, Scotty Scheffler is going to win the PGA Championship in the lead with Victor Hovland and Corey Connors. you got to love that. Uh, but it's going to go Rom Scheffler, Rom Scheffler. So I just want to remind – so just, I'm just going to keep putting that in the earth. so Everybody's just
0: reminded. Uh, I love that. You know, there I was a time in the mid-2000s that we thought – a buddy of mine said, you know, here's, here's Phil Mickelson giving Tiger the jacket. I think that can just alternate for the next – five years or 10 years, depending on how guys, you know, that, that obviously didn't happen, but it was kind of cool that that picture exists from, from Oh four to Oh five. Uh,
1: those, oh, so good. Five yeah, some six, great I golf.
0: Think, yeah. yeah. Some great golf to come this
3: weekend and, uh, and, and really excited to, to get to watch a little bit of it. I obviously didn't get to watch any yesterday. Uh, I was out, out on the golf course at Avery ranch as we finished up our ninth annual under blue skies, golf, classic and party. We held the, the party Thursday night at Austin public library. It was a huge success. Um, we, we had about 170 people for golf yesterday. We had 140. I think we only had 35, 36 teams possible. So we were, we were thrilled with that. Uh, just, I I have to thank a million different people. So I'm not going to do it all here. Obviously we we spent some time doing that at the, at the event. Uh, we had every professional sport in Austin with us, um, for this event, not everyone, but, but a a lot of the mains. We had we had Austin FC involved, Round Rock Express, Texas Stars, Austin Spurs, and uh, and the Austin Gamblers. And I, I was just so excited that we got to got to see uh, what Austin can do, what some of the special people that we have in this city can do when we come together. Uh, we raised. We we don't have a final number because our silent auction runs through tomorrow night at nine o'clock. You can go to belugolf.com if you want to bid on some stuff. Uh, we we have some great golf packages that Carl got us put together. Um, some great, there's obviously some great golf in Austin, but we have some great packages that you can go bid on. So again, that's Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U, BalooGolf.com if you want to do that. Uh, And that'll run till Sunday night, but till tomorrow night, but whoop. Listen, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're we're at 160,000 for this year. We're going to go over that mark, but the most important number to me this year for our nine years hosting this event, cumulative uh, money raised we've now raised more than one million dollars for um for for our ALS patients for ALS research for the ALS Association of Texas and all the good that that the association puts into it and I just could not be more proud of um what we have all done collectively to make something like this happen to make it bigger and bigger every year and now to go over the one million dollar mark I am I am floored uh, by what everybody's done. So a, a big thank you to everybody that's been involved this, to you, Carl, to all of our committee, to all of our sponsors. Uh, we are we are truly blessed with some great people, and we hope to continue to build this thing next year. It's a decade. It's 10 years, so we're going to try to go even bigger next year. But um, just, just absolutely a monstrous year and just uh, really excited for what we've done for anybody, any family that has ALS, uh, any patient that has ALS, I'll say this real quick, Carl. Uh, We had our, at at both the party and at golf, uh, our honoree this year was Bill Corrigan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bill was diagnosed uh, on Groundhog's Day of of 22. Mm -hmm. And he, since then, has competed in four, has done four marathons. Uh, He's going, he's on his way to Missoula, Montana to do one June 25th as in the cycle. Uh, He's still got use of his arms and everything else. Uh, to To be able to cycle through, he's done four marathons since he was diagnosed with ALS. I am. We have some great people that that work with this organization. Bill Corrigan was our hero last year. Michael Christian, our hero last year, was was at the golf tournament yesterday. It is so great to see these people still thriving uh, and doing everything they can to keep their bodies going as they fight this awful, awful disease. So, uh, a big congratulations to everyone involved. Carl, thank you for letting me go on my soapbox and ramble for a little bit, but I'm just. I'm just so happy. I'm just so thrilled for for what we've done for for patients and for uh, for everybody involved with the ALS Association of Texas.
0: No, I say it every year, Bob. Congratulations. I know you don't do it for glory. You don't do it for fame. You do it because you care. And ALS is a disease and a community that's, that's really just sort of touched you and motivated you to help. It's an insidious, horrible disease. And any step closer to a cure, or any step that we can do to make the quality of life for the families and the uh, patients of ALS is incredibly worthwhile. You you do so much with your platform, Bob. Again, I say congratulations, because you're you're kind of at a loss for words when when you go through right. something every year and you put it together, you don't quite know if it's gonna click and you get to this point and you and the committee get to breathe a sigh of relief. After I say, congratulations, I say this. <laughs> let's get back to work for next year. And Ten now years. we get back to work exactly. Milestone. <laughs> 10 years is an incredible milestone and one to be very proud of, one to be very motivated, inspired by, Bob. So uh again, kudos to you for what you've done with the platform, what you've built this into. And it, it makes a difference. I mean, I I know you feel it, I know you know it, but but for anybody out there that that wants to learn more, it feels like they 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 want to get involved in any, any capacity, even if it's just going to bid on some auction items. Uh, this is worthwhile. This is a hundred,
3: hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it really does go right back into our patients and their families. I mean, you think about the care services that the ALS association offers the way, you know, it's so costly to provide 24 hour care for someone when they have ALS, they need a wheelchair, they need whatever they need. The ALS association is there to, to really kind of put them on their back and say, say hey we're here we're right beside you we're going to help you in any way that we can help you through this and so uh it's a it's a true honor to even get to help in any way and and to be able to do something like this has
0: just been awesome amazing work tell them the website one more time bob
3: absolutely our silent auction runs through sunday night uh tomorrow night and it is golf.com b a l l o u golf.com. if you want to uh to go look at some of the incredible auction items that are still available
0: you said it all, and you said everything you needed to say about the PGA Championship. Scotty is going to win. <laughs> we agree on that. If there's anybody you think that can chase him down in in that top 10 or 12 right now, does Brooks Kepka look like that guy? Corey Connors look like that guy?
3: Uh, Brooks Koepka 100% is that guy. I, I think he is continues to show that he is one of the best golfers in the world when he's healthy. Uh, and I, and I think that's an, it's, it's a true testament to who he is and what he's done. I like Victor Hovland a lot too. I love uh, Victor I'm keep, continues by to put. Yeah. yeah. He just keeps putting his name at the top of these leaderboards. Um, and you know, who's in the, who's tied for 10th, just a, by the way, mm. Rory's just sitting there tied for 10th. Everybody's like knocking him and not get. Rory's still there, so let's not don't He's give not all of those, all hope where he needs to on. Be.
0: Yeah. you're right Exactly, we're at the top of it, thanks again to Bob Ballou thanks to Mike Bailey, thanks to Tim Schmidt thanks as always to our sponsor Horseshoe Bay Resort and stay tuned for the Big Ugly Tailgate and a day full of live programming on, here on the Horn Bob Ballou, congratulations again we look forward to talking to you next week here on Playing on the Horn but I'm coming to your
1: party and I won't be able to stay, but I'm gonna kiss
0: you one more time oh, Then I'm going